Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Anthony back with another edition of the Fourth Man Podcast. It's been a minute. It's a long off season, and sometimes it's hard to come by different interviews, different types of content when you only got a summer's work of work of of playing time. You know, so that's that's my bad. It's it's been a while. It hasn't been a ton of updates so far in this off season, but we know once that calendar flips over into a new year, we'll get. A lot of things coming from an offseason perspective on just roster movements and and the players joining and things like that. So it's been a minute. It's good to be back in here. We got one final episode before we get into the holidays. Happy holiday season to everybody. Hope everyone's doing well out there in the big three community. And we got a special one for you here today. A couple of updates, not super major, more of just like shout outs and some things to look out for us. Plenty of guys in the big three. We have just a lot of different things going on. Very, There's a lot of diversity when it comes to people's like professions outside of the big three, whether it's coaching, playing overseas, or just have some other type of job, entrepreneurial spirit going on. So a lot of cool things, but you know, not a ton of updates in terms of how it relates back to the big three. Do want to give a quick shout out to some of the guys, though, and some of the things they're doing, but... Before we get into all that, as always, just want to make sure that everyone's following on social media at Fourth Man Pod, Four TH Man Pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Always trying to think of more ideas. I have some ideas. It's more about just me putting in the work, actually putting that stuff out there for you guys to hopefully enjoy. A lot of good ideas, a lot of thoughts. You know, we're getting around the holiday time, so maybe we'll get a couple things here and there that could help with that. You never know. Hopefully, trying to save a little money to go to more games this summer. I think this summer. Is going to be insane. I really do. Like I've been talking about it pretty much all off season since Ice Cube was pretty much asserted himself and assumed the position of CEO. But I really do think it's going to be a pretty insane summer. Fingers crossed that we're going to get some really cool. I shouldn't say really cool, but just different types of guys in, in the big three that we haven't seen before. Obviously, I want everyone who's played to be able to come back and play again for another season. But I do hope we get some new faces in there, whether they're prominent names, maybe not as well known, maybe some overseas guys with the European influence we saw this year with aliens. Could be really cool. I just don't know what to expect. And that's what a part of what I love about this league. I think I'm a surprise person or, you know, I'm into surprises. So make sure you're following all those platforms. Uh, you know, if you're if you're more of someone who's a visual person, you can also follow on YouTube.com slash fourth man pod. I'm trying to get into the shorts game. I, I have some ideas around it. It's more about just can I put some things together that'll look pretty well decent. You know, I think for a long time I've been trying to get the video quality up. So just some, just some um, I'm just kind of talking out loud here of just some of my ideas, some of the things that I want to, you know, personally work on going into the 16th season of the big three. It'll be our fifth year doing the podcast. Some things I'm working on that continue to bring better content for all you guys listening and watching. A lot of these ideas wouldn't be even thought of or, or I wouldn't even be brainstorming if it wasn't for the appreciation I've gotten from a lot of the listeners, uh, you know, and, and and people that are viewing this. So 
kudos to you guys. But yeah, just some things I'm just thinking about, some things I'm um, I'm thinking about. So make sure you're following over there on all those different social media platforms. And just want to give a shout out to the Believe Network and also Dash Radio for giving us a platform to continuously put out big three content. I think this league's only going up. I think we're going to, I'm telling you, I think season six is going to be crazy. But not a ton of news, like I said, not a ton of updates. But I do want to just shout out some guys. There's a ton of guys, like I said, doing different things. And a part of that is just guys playing overseas and doing a lot of big things, you know, in their professional careers over there. Uh, a lot of them are playing in Asia, Europe. But just want to give a shout out to a few of the guys. I'm probably going to miss a few. So that's my apologies on my end. Some guys that played this past past summer. First off, Quincy Miller and Earl Clark just tore up Taiwan along with some other uh, American players. But most specifically, those two guys are obviously two guys that had a really good season in the big three, Earl Clark winning Defensive Player of the Year, Chip on, alongside that. But two guys that just tore up the Philippines Basketball Association. Both of them were nominated for Best Import Award of the Year. I, For some reason, Earl couldn't actually win it, but he was still a candidate. I, I'm not really sure the dynamic and how that works there, but just – Kudos to those guys. They balled out. They were having some ridiculous stat lines. They were just having your average double-double. I'm talking these guys were averaging 30 and 15 about like a night. And to the point where, you know, at least for Quincy, got another opportunity. He's going to be getting a chance to play in Japan, got another contract. So congrats, Quincy Biller, on getting another contract. You've had an amazing season. I know you were playing in kind of that final four. So big ups to you and Earl just to, you know, doing what he does and also had a crazy season over there. But even more interestingly, it would be cool if, if maybe some of those guys you played against played in the big three this summer, you know, played on a platform that a lot of people can, you know, a bigger platform where a lot of people can see their game, but no, everyone's in different situations. Anyways, uh, a couple more shout outs. Kevin Murphy has been killing it as well overseas. I know I dropped some highlights of his 50 point game or 54 point game over, uh, you know, where he's playing at, DeWan Summers is having a good overseas season. Elijah Stewart continues to go up and play better competition in different countries. So just shout out to all those guys, like, doing their thing. I'm sure it's not easy, you know, playing overseas and not necessarily getting to come from for the holidays. But just know, like, the work is appreciated. The work is definitely uh, well-known and from your big three community, your big three fans as well. So big ups to those guys and what they're doing uh, overseas and, you know, before I get back to playing in the big three. Also, if people weren't aware, pretty big kind of competition that the In the Lab team put on. It was uh, the cage match, which they, which they do. It's kind of a closed gym setting where they got a lot of people that are watching these guys go one-on-one and two-on-two. And a few different guys uh, from the big three got an opportunity to participate in that. I think Seth Henry from Enemies actually part of the in the lab team so i guess he was actually going against the big three guys in terms of like team on team wins but yeah Seth henry katina mobley they played a two-on-two against each other we also had tyshawn taylor in there who's a big three prospect kansas legend so that was pretty cool and then a lot of one-on-ones we saw brandon rush mario chalmers and gerald green all play one-on-one as well uh so i don't know if anyone saw that Pretty nuts, one, just to see them. Also pretty insane that those guys got to get one-on-one with some those NBA dudes. But, yeah, a couple, I mean, a couple of the big three guys, you know, 
Rush and, and Gerald, they didn't they didn't come away with the win. They got they got upset. So it was pretty pretty nuts. I gotta say, I don't know if Gerald was trying super extra hard. He was hitting, just kind of taking some crazy shots and wasn't really like uh putting a hand up in anyone's and then Devin Williams, the founder of In the Lab's face. But it was so cool to see them, you know, kind of just see a little bit of off-season work and take some take some uh, you know tough jumpers and hit those and and rush. I feel like he was playing a little bit more defense as well. But I feel like I mean you're a hooper, once a hooper, always a hooper, I guess. But it seems like he's working more on his golf game than his basketball game. But played Devontae Frigo, actually got down a little bit, was actually making a, a big comeback before Frigo closed it out. But and uh even Devontae Frigo tried to hit him with this move where he pump faked him and then tried to say bye. I guess that's like a special thing, but Brandon was having none of that. So that was cool to see them. And then we saw Chalmers, you know, Rio go against the Hezzy God, Ryan Carter. And he's a guy that also was a big three prospect as well. But Rio did pick up the win there. So they got one. Rio was going crazy, uh, making some pretty incredible moves as well. But yeah, just some things. If you're following on social media page, I'll alert you guys about it. It was pretty cool. It was on caffeine. It was free. And I'm, I'm really just telling you guys about this one. So, you know, the results of how it went, it was like team Rio versus team in the lab and Rio's team lost. I think Rio was actually the only one on his team to actually pick up a win. I could be wrong there, but I think he was, but two, just letting you know for the next time, maybe look out some of those things. I know Bala's life in the lab, all those different basketball brands and platforms out there are always doing big things and collaborating. Seems like with a lot of big three guys. So be on the lookout for that. If not, at least follow the page. You'll know about it next time. Um, that's pretty much it. I pretty much discussed kind of what I'm thinking in terms of upcoming plans. Want to go to more games. Want to get a little bit more active on YouTube. Have some video ideas. Always trying to, you know, increase the quality of the content that I'm putting out there. And yeah, it's been a little slow. I understand. That's on me. Trying to be a little bit more consistent. You know, as now we head into the holiday season, but also to as we start a new year. I really want to. I think from the January till probably like August, September when the season ended. I'm, I'm pretty hyped about, you know, what's going on in the big three world more than ever. That's probably like the peak of my off season. So anyways, that being said, you've seen the title of this video. We got Ray Nixon on from Tri-State, another guy who went undrafted in the big three draft and made a name for himself. This guy went absolutely insane, you know, like supernova in the final game of the season playing against three-headed monsters that, I talk about it a little bit, but I really do feel like it's kind of that butterfly effect. I was watching this video on Jimmy High Roller. He was kind of talking about how one little thing that happened with a with a contract ultimately changed the whole course of the NBA. And, and or, you know, like a trade for Kevin Durant when he was hurt and uh, and got signed by the Nets ultimately led to Karis LeVert playing a lot more, increased his trade value, getting traded to the Pacers and then finding out that he had a little tumor. Um, that needed to be removed. So, like, again, I feel it's not to that extent, but it got me thinking about the butterfly effect. And I was like, man, like Ray knocking out three-headed monsters, or not knocking out, but beating them. They dropped from one to two. Three-headed monsters plays a team that has already played them earlier this season and they beat and played a hot team in power that they ultimately ended up losing to, where I feel like if they were the one seed and had a chance to play Aliens, Aliens kind of came in sputtering a little bit. And I just felt like they needed more of that guy that can get you 
a bucket at any point, any time, uh, as teams were kind of getting familiar with their plays and the different actions they were running. They could have potentially had another chance there at the Monsters at a, at a championship game. And ultimately, I think I think Ray's a big reason that they didn't get that shot. So pretty crazy how things work out. But just incredible story on how he got there um, and can't appreciate his time enough. So thanks for everyone who tuned in to this part of the episode. Hope you enjoy the interview. And let's get to our conversation with Ray Nixon. Today, we're super excited to welcome on longtime pro overseas player and maybe one of the best pickups from the draft pool this past summer in the big three, Tri-State's very own Ray Nixon. Ray, welcome to the show once again, and thanks for coming on, and especially around the holiday time. Yeah, man. Happy to be here, man. Let me just start simple here. How's everything going? I mean, you just finished your first season in the big three. How is the offseason treating you? It's kind of a, a different schedule as you're getting ready for you know, each summer, year-long round? Well, I mean, uh, for me, it's, it ain't really no off-season. Like, I'm a, a personal trainer. Uh, that's my my full-time job, so I stay in shape all year round. So this is just another another day at the office, you feel me? <laughs> okay, okay, I feel it, I feel yeah. it, yeah. I know people in the big three, well, one of the things I love about the big three is that people just, their off-seasons always look so different. So whether they're going back to, like, their day-to-day jobs or going to play overseas, they're coaching in the coaching ranks in some capacity. I just think that's so cool that everyone's got a such a diverse background. But again, uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, you just finished your first season of the Big Three, but want to kind of talk about your journey. Just you know, summarize it uh, as little as we can because you've got a, a long you know story journey to get to the Big Three. Want to talk about that journey to get to the league this summer and kind of how you got there. Um, starting back to college, you know, you played four years at Wisconsin. Got a chance to play under Bo Ryan. Yeah, mm-hmm. or in his early days of his of his Wisconsin career, at least got to play alongside an NBA bet like Devin Harris, who was a Hooper, a, you know, oh. underrated Hooper in the NBA. But oh. <laughs> go back to uh, go back to Bo real quickly. What do you feel like you learned most playing under him, especially during his early years in Wisconsin? Uh, just being patient uh, and, and develop a solid work ethic. Like uh, you know, the guy he knew with X's and O's. Uh, he was a, a player's coach. Like he played, he knew the game. He knew how to, to rally the troops and get everybody excited about, you know, the one common goal we had for whatever strategy we had for whatever team we were playing. And a uh, real good man uh, taught me a lot about life as well as basketball. Um, early on, we didn't, we didn't have the, the best of vibes because, you know, like a, a highly touted kid coming out of high school, you expect to come in and just the world be handed to you. He's like, nah, you got to play your role, young fella. So it was a, it was a learning curve there, but you know, ultimately, I felt like it was the best decision for me. Yeah, that definitely showed. Hall of Fame coach, you know, turned a Wisconsin program around that was struggling a little bit before he got hired there. So, and that's cool that you got to play under him. And and one of the cool things you got to do under him was play in a, a, a NCAA tournament a couple times, right? And and I think your last year you played in the Elite Eight. I just want to ask you about kind of the run and, and what's that, what it's like to, you know, be with a group of guys and the camaraderie all, you know, coming together for one common goal, like a national championship. Like, what was it like? What was that run like to the Elite Eight? Oh, the the, the vibe was crazy. Like, uh, our locker room, we were just such a close, a close-knit family because, like, the way he recruited was he never recruited outside of the Midwest. Like, Interesting. No player ever went to Wisconsin outside of the Midwest. So, like, all of the guys that were, 
in the locker room were from Milwaukee or from Chicago or Minnesota or North Dakota, somewhere close. So we all were familiar with each other. So inside the locker room, there's nothing to get us to jail. Like we all hung out, we all did things together. So it wasn't like just this group of guys over here and that group over there. It was just like, it was a real close, tight-knit family. Man, that's cool. I didn't know that he only recruited guys out of the Midwest like that. Like it's, it's really yep. like everyone's trying to go to Wisconsin or one of those schools around there almost. If you're from yeah. around there, I guess. I know the system's changed a little bit now, but I know <laughs> <laughs> back in 2000, 2000, that whole area, like, yeah, Bo Ryan's area was all Midwest. Crazy. Yeah, the system's yeah. changed a lot of it now. Now people are getting paid to go to different places. So, right. You know, <laughs> imagine that luxury back then. Man, <laughs> <laughs> But that's yeah, a story for yeah. another day, for sure. Um, also, right. you know, you had a, a long you know, successful career playing overseas. You played in a lot of different countries. Another cool thing about the big three is a lot of guys have shared that similar experience, getting a chance to play overseas and really understand the grind of being a professional and getting to do something you love as a, as a profession. So I always love to get like people's perspectives and I want to hear from you. What was the, the best thing about playing overseas and what was the worst thing about playing overseas in, in your eyes? So basically, in my experience, it just depended on the country. Mm. And uh, I know a lot of, like, especially towards, like, the tail end of my career overseas, like, when the younger guys would come in, like, they would ask me, like, well, how do you deal with this to deal with that? And I, what I learned the most is you're going to have to accept something, you know. So whatever team you're going to be on, either it's going to be you got to sacrifice living arrangements, you got to sacrifice payment, you got to sacrifice the gym and amenities, like something you're going to have to sacrifice. So if you're getting paid a high level and you got a dope career, like the gym probably sucks. Or, or, <laughs> or if you got a nice gym or whatever, cool career, like the team suck or the budget is low. So it's just finding your BS that you're willing to deal with and sacrifice. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like I had a great time in every country I played in. I feel like um, my first two years when I was in Germany was like the most excitement I had like being fresh being green like oh my god this is what a pro career was, is like but when I tell you them first three weeks was hell <laughs> I'm, I'm like we're going to practice three four times a day we wake up do an hour on the track lead the track go straight to the weight room lead the weight room go straight to morning practice right so then we'll have like a three four hour break and then we come back for night practice Man. And I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, how, how many games we play a week? They like just one on Saturday. I'm like, man, get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm like, ain't no way we're doing all this for one game on Saturday. And then transferring from there to Finland, uh, one player of the year. Uh, we got a championship. That was the most fun I had playing basketball. Like the coach was real laid back. Like you needed a day off, like, look, go home, like come back ready tomorrow. To, to work, you know, and uh, France was the most competition I had playing basketball. That was a short run because we lost like our first eight games out the oh, gate man. and they sent everybody packing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they sent everybody packing. Then I spent the next eight years in Japan and I had a, a great time. Like the money was great, the culture. Uh, the way people treated you, the fans, everything was just was super dope, man. 
Yeah, I can resonate a little bit with that that Japan lifestyle. My my mom is Japanese, so I it's it's real like professional, but too at the same time, I feel like they're like real serious about their work. So uh, yeah, but the fans are crazy. Like I, I mean, I've only been to like baseball games and stuff there, but you know, at baseball games they go nuts, even for regular season games. Like they would wherever y'all playing, like they will travel to the games. Like I still have like fans to this day that like are still writing me messages or still reach out on social media stuff like that. Like they would have I had a couple of fans, uh like little kids, and they would uh show me like pictures of on their phone. Like their whole room would be decorated like my posters and jerseys. Wow. I would autograph sneakers from the end of the year and they have them hanging them. Like, man, this is crazy. What's that? What's that feeling like? That's got to be like a surreal moment, knowing um, that you're making an impact on like, like not only like just other people, but like kids too. Right. Like it's is is definitely dope because like especially for a guy like me, like never made it to the NBA, never was like a highly touted guy. Like nobody knew who the hell Ray Nixon was, and and probably still don't, you know. But like to go overseas and and be accepted like that, and people look at you like, okay. He he's he's a good dude. Like he's a great player. He's a great athlete. A good person. Like and it just it it uh, it just feels great to be a part of a culture like that. Yeah, I'm sure and like appreciate it. Like that's that's amazing. That's that's got to be really cool and probably a big reason why you you play in Japan for so many years. But right, uh, <laughs> one thing I never really come to understand, or maybe just never asked the question, is do you actually get the chance to? to travel a lot you know i know you're there for work obviously you're there with the goal in mind to help the team get better you know win chips win cups but do you actually get to like travel and like experience like being in other countries the most i did that was my last three years in in japan because i was in uh tokyo and i played okay. for a, a company team uh otsuka alphas i think they're got like a different name or something now but uh and we only practice at night and uh it was more like college individuals so it was like only the americans and like two of the japanese players we would do like two on twos three on threes like that but we would have like the whole day off and we only had one team practice a week which was on wednesday so like you had plenty downtime to tour in tokyo and rapungi hills and shibuya and all all kind of stuff like that so i got a chance to see a lot of the country, experience a lot of the culture, the food, stuff like that. So it was a real dope experience. Man, that's cool. I mean, I guess every day you're you're kind of living in that experience. So that's how you kind of get the the travel uh, experience. But man, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad that you guys get a chance to like do all that and play, and play, you know, the game you love. But, you know, you had a long career over there. You finished up your career, what, 2020 playing and your last stop was in Finland. Come back overseas. Yeah. How'd you get introduced to the big three? Uh, actually, it, it's a funny story because uh, when I used to come home in the train in the, uh, in the summer, I would train with a guy out here in Dallas, uh, trainer Snap, and uh, we were doing a training session. And uh, he was like, "Man, why you never tried out for the big three? I'm like, I, "I thought about it, but I don't know how to go about doing it." I was like, "You know how to, you know, what I'm saying introduce me to." How to get in there? And he was like, uh, "Oh, I bet I got you." I'm like, "Well, when is the tryout?" He was like, "Oh, they having them today." That don't help me, man. <laughs> so he was like, "Yeah, man." So he was showing me the Instagram clips of like all the players they had waiting outside the line. He was like, "Man, I, I know you can get a spot on Big Three. I'm like, you know what? I'll make that my goal next year. So next year, 
came around like January. They announced like the tryout date, and Dallas was in March. I'm like, well, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get going and start training and try to get ready for that. And everybody just kept telling me like, well, man, like it's real political. Like guys really don't make it. They already had a mindset on who's gonna play. I'm like, I don't care, man. I'm gonna roll the dice and see where it comes. And so went to the tryout or whatever. Did pretty well. And uh, they were supposed to take like three or four guys that end up taking two. And I was supposed to be like the top three or four guys or whatever. So I'm like, well, it didn't work out. So they was like, well, don't don't think it don't work out yet. So just 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 wait a minute. So maybe two days later, I got an email. They're like, man, sorry, you can make the final cut. But we were impressed with your play. We're going to invite you to come to the final combine in Vegas. But you gotta, you know, what I'm saying, provide your own way. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. And so, similar story uh, with the combine. Went out there, played okay, uh, didn't get drafted, and then I saw the, the schedule came out, and like the first two weeks gonna be in Chicago, the next like six or seven was gonna be in Dallas. I was like, God willing, this is gonna play out the way I wanted to play. I said they're gonna have those first two games in Chicago when they come to Dallas. I hope I get a phone call. And so after the first week, I had got a phone call and they was like, look, man, uh, the team's not really happy with some of the things that's going on. Like, we don't know yet, but we might be making a decision. Like, just stay ready. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I've been ready. Like, I was watching the draft like I was a part of the league anyway. And I was mm-hmm. showing my daughter, like, these are the teams daddy going to be playing for. <laughs> and so, that's dope. Right. And so uh, after week two, I got the phone call. Uh, Justin Bentman, Justin Bentman called me. He was like, uh, yeah, man, uh, we thought we were going to make a change or whatever, but uh, we went a different direction. So we picked up another guy. So I'm like, damn, I was I was defeated, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so I got off the phone with him. I'm like, well, God, uh, we got to try it again next year. Two minutes later, I get a call from Jay Rich. He's like, you ready? I'm like, huh? ready for what? <laughs> like who is this man <laughs> like oh this is Jason Richardson I'm like I just talked to JD he told me I went another direction he was like man he's playing with you man he said we just picked you up you ready to ball I'm like I'm damn near in tears like hell yeah I'm ready to ball <laughs> why would he do you like that that's crazy <laughs> yeah cause me like me and JD me and JD we real tight like uh I play in uh his uh his pro run that he had okay. in Dallas called the run so mm-hmm. we was playing two, three, four days a week or whatever. So me and him got cool during that. So he was like, yeah, I had to shake it up a little bit, make you, make you sweat a little bit. I'm like, man, you can have me over here defeated. <laughs> <laughs> that That's crazy. I mean, the call itself is pretty crazy too, right? Because like, one, you're a part of a league that not too many people get to be a part of, you know, whether it's politics or not. There's just not that many spots. So like when you get to be a part right. of spots, you're like, you know, one of the, the top guys getting to play in this league, but two pretty wild too, because they pick Gerald's brother and then something happens with their team, whether they're not happy or some kind of personal matter. And they're like, they're almost like, Hey, can you, can you drop Garland? And then we can have them. And, you know, you guys can add somebody else. So for you to be the first guy in their mind, you know, right after that, it's gotta be, you know, just gotta make be rewarding to know that you put in the work regardless of what happened at the trials and the combine. Right. Yeah, and that was that was definitely a blessing, man. Like, yeah, shout out to Garland and and, and Gerald, you know, what I'm saying, for making that move and decision, which was, you know, ultimately a, a blessing for me. But yeah, like 
like you said, just putting the work and, and just staying faithful and, and just waiting for your turn. So you had the early conversations with JD and Jay Rich. What did they, you know, when you first came in, what did they say your role was kind of going to be? What were you kind of expecting or hoping to prove while you were, you know, getting this opportunity? So I, I pretty much knew coming in, like, I was going to be like a fill-in guy, you know, especially for me just watching the games, like seeing how rosters and rotations are going. I'm like, okay, well, the, the game is pretty much set around the captains, like the three main guys and mm-hmm. the guys that get drafted or get picked up really come in like to give the guys a break. And so I knew coming on, like, they, like you're not going to have a big role. Like, we're not looking for you to score whatever. Like, you get in, you give guys a break, play defense on it. So I'm like, look, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. You know what I mean? So they let, know, let me know early on how it's going to be. And um, after we got into the season, like, I was just blessed to be there, be in the locker room with the guys. Like, Dr. J was, like, one of my all-time, like, idols growing up. He was the first person my dad introduced me to with basketball. Like, so my family – when they found out like I was playing for Doc, they like, what? You used to love Dr. J. I'm like, yeah. So that just came around full wild. circle. So to be introduced to him and be playing for his team, I'm like, I just felt like it was really meant to be. Is it riddle me this? Is it is it dope? Is it weird? Is it captivating? Like playing for your idol and you know, just him coaching the team that you're on? Like you would think it would be, you know, like kind of weird like man this is dr j this is like a legend of yeah but like his demeanor him being so cool like you just completely forget and it's just like oh man that's one of the guys like but this is a, a icon a legend but he makes everybody comfortable with with who they are and their roles and what their responsibilities are on the team man that's cool yeah that's all everyone talks about whether they've played for tri-state or still play for tri-state everyone just talks about how smooth he is how cool he is just chill guy so man i can't imagine just playing for him um and then you know you also had jay rich as your captain your teammate and the day of like the day and age of social media i don't really feel like we hear a lot of what jason richardson's doing he's not really like a public guy or someone who's right spilling his spilling his life out there on social media and and doing a bunch of things in the in the public guy but what's it like uh you know being his teammate seems like he really loves this league he really loves the game of basketball and you know, really wants to help this team win. So what's it like being his teammate? Man, that guy is passionate about winning. Like, you would think, like, NBA vet, all-star dunk contest, like, a real staple in the league. Like, mm-hmm. you would think, like, because you, you hear, like, the rumors, like, well, guys don't really care, like, all the pro vets. Like, they just here to collect the checks on and so forth. But, like, this guy was like, no. Like, we out there BSing, like, we keep playing like this is going to bite us in the ass. Like he really cared and like was pushing everybody in the locker room to be great, to, to do the best we can to help us win. And he was a real no nonsense guy when we got on the court, but off the court, like I said, coolest man on the planet, like give you the shirt off his back, you know, but that man, he's passionate about winning as he should be. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you're playing on a big platform, too. It's not like there's just a couple of people watching you. This is a professional league where a lot of eyes are on you. And for some people, it's an opportunity to get another opportunity somewhere, whether it's right. whether, whatever it is, whether it's in the game of basketball or not. So I'm glad to see that he takes it seriously. It's crazy to me. I don't know if you knew this, but he was a second-round pick when he came on the scene in 2019. Second-round pick. Felt like he should have wow. been a captain easily. And right. 
didn't even go in the it's first good. round, which this league's weird. A lot of bigs go early, which makes sense. But yeah, I was gonna say that makes sense. But yeah, second round pick still still appalling me this day. And now he's a captain, so that's cool. Very yeah, funny. man. Um, let's talk about the last two weeks of the season. Obviously, you said a lot of people don't know your name, but within the community, you're definitely your name is definitely known at least from the last game of the year. But let's talk about the league leading up to it. Obviously, didn't. Go as planned, you know, going into the game, you had an opportunity to continue the season, uh, played against a really good power team who made it all the way to the championship. Seemed like it really just came down to the second half. Looking back on it, having a little time to digest it, what do you feel like you and maybe even the team as well could have done differently that would have maybe ultimately changed the outcome? Not to to dwell on or anything, but just kind of reflect on it a little bit. It was just like what I spoke about earlier. how Jay Rich used to let us know, like it was like three, three games we had like back to back where like we were blowing teams out. Mm-hmm. And then we start BS and then then you look up, it's a two, three point game. Like we weren't closing out games as we should. Like whether it's we getting lackadaisical, not focused, or like just messing around thinking that we got the game in the bag already. So like he let it be known, like look, we keep doing this teams is going to start to beat us. And sure enough, we lost three in a row. We lost the trilogy. We lost the power. And we lost three of the months, like back to back to back. Just knocked us out of the playoff contention. And so when they ended up extending the, uh, when they changed all of the, the things where with the playoff teams and all that, whatever, they said we had a, a chance to play the last game. So this is a, <laughs> it's a funny story, right? So uh, leading up to that game, I had wrote Doc like a long email. No, nah, it was a text message. And I'm like, look, I know you don't know me from a can of paint. Like, I know I'm not a, I'm not an NBA guy. Like, I don't have a big name. Like, but look, you can use me. I'm like, I feel like we're losing a lot of these games because guys are tired. We weren't making a lot of substitutions. Mm-hmm. We're playing the same guys. I'm like, Jay Rich, guarding the best player. And he's got to score 20, 25 points. I'm like, we're getting tired. Like, you can use me. So he's like, all right, young fellow, I'm going to give you a shot. So that next game, we played power. Sure enough, I'm sitting on the sideline like, damn, I ain't getting in the game again. So he put me in like the last maybe like eight points. And he like, okay, you go in there and stop Glenn Rice. <laughs> Glenn Rice got like Glenn Rice probably got like 25 at this point. I'm like, he already took it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he's warmed he up. Took. Right. And he's like, you go in there, and stop him. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do the best I can. So I go in there, pressure him, foul him a little bit, like just ruffle his feathers, whatever. But Glenn Rice, incredible athlete, like no doubt it, like. I'm glad he got the award that he got this year because that man could ball. So I'm like, man, same stuff. I ain't get no playing time. So we had the conversation. They extended the, the lead for the next week. And we got three-headed monsters. Like, look, we ain't got nothing to lose this week, fellas. So in the text thread, I text everybody. I said, look, I don't care what y'all say. I'm going for 40 next game. <laughs> so, for real? So wow. I swear to God, I said it. I said it. I'm like, look, I don't care what y'all say. I'm going for 40 next game. Like, just joking around because, like I said, everybody knew I hadn't played at all that whole season. Mm-hmm. So when we playing like the normal substitutions we would make, they got switched. So Doc put me in early in the game. I'm like, okay, cool. I didn't think nothing of it. So when we had like a timeout, we made substitutions, and I'm still sitting on the bench. I'm thinking about to put Jay Rich, JD, and uh, and my man Summers back in the game. Mm-hmm. So Doc, like, Ray, what you doing? I'm like, what you mean? He's like, you still in the game? I'm like, okay, cool. So game going, 
hit a little shot, hit a layup. I'm like, okay, cool. He about to sub me out any minute. Halftime come. Still in the game. I'm like, well, shit. Let's do this then. <laughs> Let's do this. And for some reason, like, I don't know, but, like, I just completely zoned out. Like, I <laughs> don't even remember what it, happened. It felt surreal. And I, I remember myself in the timeouts, like, not wanting to expend any energy. So everybody in the time, I'm like, we got to do this, we got to do this. I'm like, I'm just sitting here focusing on my breathing. Like, nope, stay in it, stay in it, stay in it. And I just caught fire. And <laughs> I just caught fire. I'm like, that's the best thing that could have happened for me during that season. Because like I said, uh, nobody knew who the hell I was, probably still don't. And like I said, who knows how next year turns out. But I feel like, you know what I'm saying, I just really let it be known. Like, I, I'm, I'm a, a guy that could be in this league and deserve to be in the league, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, there's not too many people in this league that can say, especially not in the role that you were in, that can say they put up 20 points. You were undrafted, didn't get a lot of playing time to the final game. You put up 22 points, six three-pointers. I mean, a lot of people are definitely – I got to imagine a lot of teams are going to be looking at that next year and being like, we need a shooter. Let's, you know, let's give him a shot and come and draft him. Because – and then like you said, too, like we, we've seen the downfall – of what happens with a lot of teams in this league when they don't have the luxury of using all five players, whereas when they do have the luxury of using all five players, you know, uh, even even like a team like Trilogy, I mean, the guys are bringing off the bench are guys like David Hawkins, who was an MVP candidate for Tri-State way back right. in 2018 at one point, and, and he's not getting a lot. So, like, the guys that don't have that luxury. So, I think teams are really going to start looking at that a little bit more and seeing, like, hey, maybe we should find a way to use all five players. And I think – you were uh, a big reason, at least as the league continues to grow, uh, a big reason uh, or a big prime example of why they should and why they could. So, man, kudos to you. That was an incredible game. You also upset them uh, not only from that game and, like, beating them, but they went from the one seed to the two seed and had to play power, which was probably a tougher task than no offense to the aliens, but the aliens, right? I mean, just right. based on play styles. I think at some point – Aliens started to not necessarily lose momentum, but they didn't really come in with a lot of momentum into the playoffs. I think people were kind of figuring out what they were trying to do, and they didn't really have a guy that was able to go one-on-one and just go get a bucket sometimes. So right. I think maybe you cost the guy the Monsters and Championship at the end of the day or a chance to at least play for another one. Look, I was just trying to do the best <laughs> with my opportunity, man. I, I, I was trying to get in where I fit in, brother. Hey, it's the it's the butterfly effect. You just never know. So, man, kudos right. to you and and what an incredible like ending of the season as well to be able to to do that. And and now looking at that, you know, the season ended. People got a chance to see that not only the team but also on a national level as well. What's kind of your goals heading into you know next summer as you uh, pretty much are just a lot to go to the combine now playing in the league. Oh, like I said, just stay ready, man. Like mm-hmm. uh, you never know when your number can get called, like, just because, and it's crazy because, like, even some of the guys that I've seen at the combine, I'm like, well, they were killing in the league last year. Why are they at the combine? Like, mm-hmm. you never know what to expect. Like, I might get picked up. I might get drafted. I might not. But just staying ready at all times for the opportunity, man. Hopefully, you know, God works it out for me to get picked up again. Uh, I would love to play with Tri-State again because uh, I think we got some unfinished business to attend to with that. And, um, uh, like yeah. I said, just 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 play my part, stay ready, whatever the team needs, whatever opportunity I get, like I'll just be ready and I can be an asset to any team. Yeah. Uh there we had TK Adogi on the show after he made the uh 
the trial in Dallas. And I know he's a guy that participates at the run. And he was saying there's a ton of guys that were actually going to that tryout. And now, yeah, you maybe have a target on your back at the run as the tryouts come back up and the combine comes back up as like, hey, we're coming for your spot. So that, that should be some, some fun competition this summer. And it's crazy because like uh, TK and Gip, like two cool guys. Like I, I've talked to them mm-hmm. the most out of anybody like in the run. And it's, it's funny because like out of half of the players that ended up showing up to the Dallas tryouts, they weren't even going to go. That's what he was saying. He was saying he yeah. wasn't going to go. Because, like, but JD was like, man, like, y'all need to come, man. Like, you never know. Like, look at me. Like, he was telling guys, like, look, man, I I didn't get drafted. I didn't get picked up. But, you know, eventually I got my shot, and I never looked back. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So guys was like, well, okay, cool. Like, well, how much is it? He's like, man, don't worry about that. If you're trying to invest in your career and try to make this happen, like, you'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. And at that point, like, I had already had my information and stuff in. And I'm like, I had all my stuff filled out. So <laughs> I was like, like, like I was ready. And then, like I said, for TK and Gift to get picked up, like I was, I was super happy for them guys because I know they was putting in the work. Like mm-hmm. those guys were going at it every day. And like to see those guys get picked up, like it wasn't me, but at least I know somebody that actually earned and deserved that spot. Yeah. Got those two spots for the combine. So like I said, shout out to them guys. I hope and wish the best for them next year as well as myself. Yeah, that's love. And, and two, I mean, there's too many talented people at some point. I think the league, you know, as it continues to grow and people continue to, to understand what it's about, what they're trying to accomplish and the competition level, everything that comes with it. You know, I think I think they're going to have to expand again at some point. There's just too many talented people being left off rosters year after year. But we'll see how that goes. Um, man, last thing I really wanted to ask you about, you know, you mentioned at the top that you're a personal trainer, no excuses training. You know, I want to learn a little bit more about that. You can also tell the listeners and the viewers as well, kind of more of what that involves and really what you're trying to help your clients do uh, every day, you know, with your, with your business and with your personal training uh, that you do, you know, for your career. Also, basically what it is, is I help busy men and women over the age of 30 uh, combat the aging process through nutrition, fitness, and stress management. Like a lot of us, like once we hit a certain age, like things start to change, you start to put on more body fat, you start to get more tired, you know, sex drive decreases, like things that people don't really worry about. Like they feel like they can live forever. But once you turn certain age, like things start to go on a downward spiral. So the things that I teach with these, with, with, with my clients and try to get them to understand, like everything is about your habits. Like everything that we do is about, you know, the things we do day to day. And one thing can be off and it can affect everything else in your life. Like if you're highly stressed or your nutrition is bad or you're not active enough, it's going to offset something else in in your lifestyle. So just getting them to be mindful and aware of all of those things, you know, to help them improve their overall quality of life. Man, I love the mission. And where can people find find you, find your business pages, you know, just find what you're doing and working on? Well, right now I'm on uh, Instagram, Ray Nixon underscore no excuses training. Uh, all the websites and all that stuff is connected to that page. I'm building that stuff as we speak now, but I'll, I'll be up and running pretty soon, man. That's dope. Yeah, everyone make sure you go check that out whoever's listening to this episode. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming your way, Ray. I got to ask, this is appropriate time too. What's You have a New Year's resolution that you're uh, striving for in 2023? She'll be better than I was this year. That's hey. every resolution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be better than last year, man. 100%. Ray, I appreciate the time. 
congrats on a, a great summer. Uh, best of luck, you know, the rest of the offseason. And hope to see you back in the league next summer, whether it's with Tri-State or not, man. Man, me and you both, man. I definitely appreciate the time with you today, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, that was our interview with Ray Nixon. Once again, Ray, I appreciate the time, especially during the holiday season. Just incredible story all the way from college, all the way up to what you're doing now, not only in big three basketball, but also just from you know your own business, your entrepreneurial spirit is incredible. And, and what you're trying to accomplish in your mission is dope. So thanks again for coming on. Hope everyone enjoyed the interview. And thanks for everyone who tuned in to the interview. This will be the last episode of 2022. It's been an incredible season. Again, I just want to express a lot of gratitude to everyone who's listening, to everyone who's been locked in, whether it's on social media, whether it's to the episodes, you actually listen on a week-to-week basis, even if it's just during the season. Just want to say I really appreciate it. Coming back with a stronger 2023 for sure. Got a lot of big plans and Continuously, you know, just want to make sure that these guys are being recognized, the league's being recognized, and hopefully soon enough the league continues to grow and, you know, we see some more positive things from a big three standpoint. But thank you to everyone who has tuned in. Thank you all season long. Thank you to everyone who's been rocking with us. And again, some bigger things coming in 2023. Make sure you're following on social media at Fourth Man Pod. Thank you again to Believe and Dash Radio. Um, and you can also check us out on YouTube if you're more of a visual person. And at some point, I will come out with some other content other than just episodes, whether that be shorts, whether it be something I plan meticulously and put together. So again, I'm saying a lot. Thank you. It's been an incredible year. Hope everyone has a happy holiday and we'll see you guys in the new year. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.